This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. One unsung benefit of globalization, in addition to delivering the goods the world wants, the relatively free exchange of goods and services gives us more time. Cato's Gabriella Beaumont-Smith explains. Even people who are largely opponents of globalization, or at least want to place some significant restrictions on people's ability to trade freely across the globe, even they acknowledge that globalization delivers the goods. That is, the stuff that we get from around the world is unmatched in all of human history. But we get more than that. And that's sort of what your essay deals with. Yes, that's exactly right. I I talk about how trade is about much more than cheap t-shirts and arguably the greatest benefits provided by trade liberalization and globalization are actually non-financial and intangible. We don't just get goods, we also get services and we get time. And in terms of time, how how does that free time suddenly manifest itself? I'm the father of 3. I would, I need to know. People have been trading for thousands of years. Before we had modern day currency, people bartered, so they exchanged goods and services for other goods and services. But by 3000 BC, that changed into long distance trade and people were swapping materials for the development of civilization and they began to discover what they could do and make well and exchange with each other. And this drove specialized production and laid the bedrock for today's supply chains. So we can think about the very simple examples of how we used to grow our own food and make our own clothes, and now we buy them from people who are better off at making those things. And that gives us time to do other things like, you know, focus on the skills that we want to develop for the sectors that we're suited to work in. And this progression towards specialized labor and exchange of goods and services saves people time. And not only do we see economic benefits from that, we see social benefits. You know, some people choose to invest directly in themselves and become more competitive in their industry. Other people choose to invest in their families or their communities. And other people just want to consume more leisure. Now, I think we can all relate to this and and understand that most people choose a mix of these things. There's another element as well, which is just the, the prices that we tend to pay in a globalized economy are lower, which means the time we have to work to earn the same stuff is also lower. As was laid out in the Cato book, uh, Superabundance, co-authored by our colleague, Marion Tupi. Yes, that's exactly right. Liberalizing trade on a multilateral level has brought immense benefits to global welfare too. People that lived in extreme poverty in 1820 was about half of the world. In 2019, that share dropped to 8.5%. And that is directly related to the freedom to trade. Because as you said, when trade barriers are lowered by reducing tariffs, imports become cheaper. And lower import prices provide multiple avenues to raise real incomes. Removing tariffs eliminates the tax burden imposed on those that consume imported products, but also taxes are regressive, which means that they disproportionately impact the poorest. 
So people in the lowest income brackets benefit the most. And as it relates to superabundance and the time price of money, a great example of this is the laptop. And I think we can all appreciate that after COVID and, and so many people have learned to do services-based work at home. Our colleague Gail Pooley, the co-author of Superabundance, he discusses how the time price of a laptop is much cheaper today than in 1991. Apple introduced its PowerBook 1000 in that year and it cost $2,500. And it took the average blue collar worker 168 hours to earn one of these laptops. But today you can buy a MacBook Air for less than $1,000 and that same worker only has to work 27 hours to earn a laptop. I think that we're, we're really reaping a, a lot of the benefits of trade and you know, again, bringing it back to time, this has a lot of pro-social benefits. It was recently laid out that because of the demonstration the pandemic showed with services-based work and being able to work remotely in combination with cheaper electronics, actually labor force participation of women with children under the age of five leapfrogged its pre-pandemic rate. So, you know, these things really help with job retention and raise living standards by giving people, especially caregivers, the flexibility to keep their job, which means that they can earn more income, but they also don't have to necessarily forego time at home or, or you know, having uh, more of time with family. Add to that, when we think about globalization, most people are thinking about goods. Most people are thinking about products that either arrive in an Amazon box at their front door or things they buy at a store. But the explosion that has occurred in cross-border services is something we should also pay pretty close attention to in terms of saving people both time, uh, you know, for our conversation time, but also money. Yeah, as trade has liberalized in goods, you know, things, and as we already talked about, cheaper electronics, uh, you know, think about the TV and what TV looks like nowadays and how it's not just a TV. It, it has all of these services bundled within that. And we're able to consume all of these different products from all over the world on our screens. 45% of Netflix's library is made up of foreign language titles. And I think most people uh, have heard of the show Squid Game, which is a Korean show. And that was the most watched show in 2021 and still holds that record. That's a really huge testament to Americans' enjoyment of the show, but also of the breadth of services trade that we have at the tip of our fingers. And this wouldn't be possible without the WTO, the World Trade Organization. They really had the foresight to understand the importance of information and communications technology products. And in 1996, they liberalized trade on these goods, including computers, but also semiconductors, software, and because of that, this has played an enormous role in the rise of digital services. And we can think of Amazon that started as an online marketplace for books. 
But now Amazon is a a broad e-commerce platform where we can scroll through pages of choices of products at different price points from sellers located all over the world and it will arrive at our door you know, after a click of a button. But Amazon's also more than that. They also have a streaming service. They also offer cloud computing services. They advertise and they even have artificial intelligence. I think a lot of people are familiar with the Alexa And if it wasn't for the World Trade Organization and liberalizing trade in information and communications technology products, Amazon might look very different today. The broader difficulty for defending globalization is connecting these various policy decisions that have been made at some point in the past to what we may enjoy today. And I I certainly appreciate your effort at doing that, but it makes our job that much more difficult. The fact that that people take so much of what the the world's bounty that we have access to, they take it for granted that that is, of course, just the natural way things ought to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. No, that's completely right. And we do take it for granted. But that's the beauty of this whole Defending Globalization project. We are redocumenting the very clear evidence that trade liberalization and globalization raises living standards and helps people consume more stuff and have more free time. And we have access to innovative products, things we could never have imagined. I mean, think about the TV. In the 1950s, it was this clunky piece of furniture that was black and white and it was really tiny. And now today, there are these sleek, really beautiful technological products that isn't just a TV. It's also all of these services bundled within it. And it allows us to connect with people all over the world. And that's a really wonderful thing. Gabriella Beaumont-Smith is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please. And thank you for listening.